Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I want to hear cannons. This is Mike Allstock, Tempe Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Woo! And there are the cannons, cannons. Fire them. Keep on firing them. Keep on firing them. Hello and welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Rhett Matthew. Joined alongside me, my good buddy and co-host, the Philly Bucks fan himself from BucksNation.com, Mr. Evan Wanish. It is playoff week. Not only is it game week, not only are the Buccaneers playing on primetime once again, Monday night football, but uh, it is also wildcard weekend. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have a football game this week against the Dallas Cowboys, a team that they have played for the last two seasons and a team that they have beat for the last two seasons. This time it counts the most. Dak Prescott obviously coming in, not playing his best ball. Tom Brady and the Bucks ultimately trying to prove that they can be true contenders at the Super Bowl in Arizona here in just a few short weeks. But welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. Evan, how are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, so uh, we got a lot of uh, already exciting playoff stuff going on with you know, Jacksonville and, and Los Angeles last night and then obviously Buffalo and Miami right now so um yeah hopefully you know the Bucks and, and the Cowboys can put on uh you know put on a good show with hopefully you know the the good guys coming out on top yeah it's always a good game when these two teams come together and speaking of exciting playoff games how about Jacksonville putting on for team Florida last night playing the Chargers and Justin Herbert down 27 and nothing and uh, just like everyone expected, they come back to win that game 30, uh, 31-30, I think was the final score, right, if I'm not mistaken? Yes, yep. One hell of a game. Comes down to a game-winning field goal, and they are celebrate uh, field goal, excuse me, and they are <laughs> I was, celebrating I up there. I wonder if you were going to catch yourself. Yeah, I yeah, I know. Sometimes words are hard. Uh, we were just talking about it before the show started, but we have got a football game here in Tampa Bay to talk about. The Buccaneers play host to Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys. We kind of mentioned that at the start of the show. But um, this is home field advantage for an NFC South champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They ultimately grab the fourth seed. So realistically, with an 8-9 and nine record, you got to be happy that the Bucs are still walking away from this with a home playoff game and hopefully uh, an amped up home playoff atmosphere. Yeah, I mean, you know, eight and nine, you might not even make the playoffs, but they were fortunate enough to get in the division that was struggling. And, um, you know, did they earn the playoffs? Yes, they, they did because they won their division. So, um, you know, I, are they the best team? No, you know, and, and the, the things about, oh, teams with losing records and stuff shouldn't be in the playoffs and everything like that. Or if they should be in the playoffs, they shouldn't host a playoff game. 
which I get, but at the same time, you're a division winner, so you've earned that right. So now, for the second straight year in a row, the Bucks will have a, a home playoff game. Most likely not two, um, even if they were to beat Dallas. It's most likely that they're uh, not going to be coming back to Tampa. Um, so th th this could be the last home playoff game for, for many, uh, like Levante, David, uh, Tom Brady, stuff like that. Um, and also it could be the very well the last home game for you know, a guy like Gene Deckerhoff as well, calling the game uh, in Tampa. So it could be the last time in Ram James Stadium for a few of those guys. But um, hopefully, I mean, if by somehow the Giants and Bucks match up in the NFC Championship game, then maybe not. But um, uh, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, obviously the game day atmosphere is exciting to even think about because last year the Bucks had two home playoff games. They finished with uh, the two seed in the NFC last year. Crazy to think that at 13 and four, especially with a year like we've had in the NFC this season, 13 and four wasn't enough to lock down the one seed last season. But Tampa Bay and the fans obviously showed out in both of those home games. The first one a win against the Eagles and the second one mounting a major comeback against L.A. The eventual Super Bowl champions fell short, but that stadium was loud. And uh, I heard a lot of people who went to that Rams game say that you know, in all their years of going to Bucks games, including some of the classic battles from back in the day, when Leonard Fournette scored the touchdown to tie things up last season, a lot of people said that's the loudest they have ever heard that stadium. So, uh, I mean, maybe not under the same circumstances, but let's hope this weekend can bring maybe some similar moments, right? I think I'm taking my mom to the game Monday night, so uh, hoping we can find a reason to get plenty loud because the last game we went to this year was the Bengals game. And I got to tell you, like, we were having a great time. Having a great time, up 17 to nothing, and what felt like 45 seconds later, one of the fastest collapses I've ever seen from this football team. But let's get into the game. Let's get into who's going to be available for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So one of the things you guys may have noticed, uh, it is a Monday night football game, but we normally do our game preview on Friday. And even if it's a Monday game, we normally try to do it on Saturday. Here it is late Sunday afternoon, and we're finally live breaking this thing down. Better late than never, obviously. But I, I, I honestly think part of the reason, it, me personally, I wanted to keep pushing this thing back is because I was waiting to hear an update on the offensive line situation, more importantly at the center position, because the Bucks still have until pretty much tomorrow to announce that Ryan Jensen is activated and ready to play. But we have obviously yet to get that update. Yeah, that's going to be a pure game time decision. I wouldn't expect anything um, until about, um, what, like, what is it, 5 o'clock or so, 6 o'clock, till the inactives come out. So, obviously, they have to activate him to the active roster. He's technically not on the roster right now, so they would actually have to make a roster move. Um, so, somebody's going to have to, you know, somebody's going to have to go. Um, so, if he is good to go, um, you know, I know it's going to be a big topic. Now we know who's not likely good to go is down Tobles. They said they have not ruled anybody out. There's nobody ruled out. However, there's two doubtfuls, Kyle Rudolph and Nick Leverett. Nick Leverett, who has been playing left guard, uh, played a little bit of center last week because of Robert Hainsey's injury, which we'll get into, but um, not likely to play there. So it, it doesn't, I mean, when you're doubtful, like that's pretty much out. Like it, it would take, I think, a long shot for, for a guy like Leverett to play. So um, you're looking at Luke Gedeke again, probably starting at left guard. Um, which in the first matchup versus Dallas, he didn't do awful. Uh, but then we saw, you know, as the season went on, it sort of got worse and worse for him. So hopefully he can, you know, adjust to it. That was week one. You know, it's a long time ago. And uh, hopefully he's, he's learned a lot. But um, 
as far as Ryan Jensen goes, I know it's a big topic of discussion. Um, it would be a boost for the offense. I personally don't believe he's going to play. Now, if they win in advance, I think that's more realistic for maybe next week. Uh, I just think there's there's a big difference between practicing for a little bit and then going up against 300-pound defensive linemen who are trying to take your head off. So uh, I just I think it's, there's a big difference there, and I think that's why the Bucks are probably going to aim more on the cautious side. Because what happens if you put him in there, he's not 100%, he gets injured again, now you're maybe risking next season. So I, I think uh, I don't believe he's going to play, but I, uh, we'll see. Yeah, this is a guy who is under contract. He's pretty much going to be the center in Tampa Bay for the next two seasons. Um, so you want to be as cautious as you possibly can, especially because, you know, obviously we didn't get a lot of information on his injury, but he elected not to get surgery. Um, so the fact that he is even back in full pads and is practicing just about full speed with the rest of the team is really saying something to uh, if this is going to be a pain tolerance issue for him or not. And with as major of an injury as it was, kept him out the entire regular season, just like you had alluded to, if he somehow goes down again during this playoff game, then that's something that potentially affects him into next year. And that's something that the Bucs do not want to deal with when you talk about bringing back, um, you know, a lot of key players on this roster, especially at the offensive line position, because you don't know whether or not you're going to have Tom Brady. Another report that floated out today doesn't have anything to do with the game, but I do want to cover it because people in the live chat may ask about it. Um, this is due diligence at the end of the day, but it was reported that the Bucks are going to do whatever they possibly can to try and get Tom Brady back in Tampa Bay for the 2023 shocking. season. I know, right? I mean, this is this this should be shocking news to anybody listening right now, uh, but there have been a few reports that teams like the Raiders, teams like the 49ers, Tennessee Titans kind of in the mix, the Miami Dolphins, who are definitely without a quarterback right now, although uh, Skylar Thompson may just well, will them to win well, that it, playoff it, game. It, it was reported today that two is expected to be the starter for Miami in 2023. So, okay, all um, right. So maybe yeah. it puts that rumor to bed, but, I mean, if things change every day in the NFL, you know? Yeah, so uh, Yeah, I mean, you know, we got – we're going to have – whether they win this weekend, lose this weekend, win the Super Bowl, lose the Super Bowl, we are going to have plenty of time to this. If Brady continues to keep playing, we're going to have plenty of time to discuss all that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. But I uh, just wanted to let you guys know that if you are concerned about the Bucks not making enough of an effort to get them, they're going to do just that. They they're going to do whatever I they promise. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about the game. And uh, first and foremost, let's talk about the opponent. I know we mentioned some injuries, but honestly, aside from the offensive line mix-up, the Bucks are coming into this game as healthy as they have been all year. A couple of usual suspects fighting through some injuries, but pretty much everyone is expected to play. As far as Dallas goes, wanted to talk about Dak Prescott in particular because uh, I'm not going to sugarcoat it, buddy. He has played like shit. Um, down, down the stretch for Dallas, it seems like he cannot go a single game without throwing an interception. I believe and, it's seven straight with a pick. Yeah, seven straight games with a pick, and he finishes the year with 15 interceptions, which I believe was either tied for leading it, the NFL. It, it leads the NFL, and he only played in 12 games. Exactly. He got injured week one playing against the Bucks, missed a handful of games, comes back, and still finds a way uh, to produce negatively for that air attack that the Cowboys have. So... So what do you think? I, I mean, I know that this is kind of broad, but I, I honestly feel like this game is going to come down to whether or not the Bucks can just get one from Dak. If Dakota Prescott, uh, Dakota Prescott goes out there and, and throws one interception in this game, these teams always play close. I feel like that could be the difference at the end of it. 
Well, he has thrown in each of the last two matchups. He has thrown one. So, um, you know, we'll see if they can get another one out of him. Uh, you know, like I said, yeah, we'll just, we'll just have to wait and see. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's it's tough because I think Dak's a good quarterback. Like, there's no doubt in my mind I think Dak's a good quarterback. Um, but um, to me, it, whenever quarterbacks have really bad games, and Dak has been, despite him throwing the interceptions, he's played well in a lot of these games. Uh, he didn't play well last week. But you see quarterbacks that have bad games, the really good ones can bounce back. So if you're expecting Dak Prescott to be as bad as he was last week, you know, you're going to be surprised, I think. Because um, last, well, I mean, last year, week one, he was fantastic. And then this year, week one, he, he struggled. But, um, you know, I think the Bucs has played really, really good defense. And now this year, you know, Dallas is playing with a little bit more confidence right now, I, I think. Um, and Dak's still good. So I wouldn't underestimate him, but he does have the tendency to give you the ball. So when the Bucs have that opportunity, it's up to them to take it because that's that, that, that could decide the game there, just like you said. So whoever wins the turnover battle here, I think could very well decide who's going to win the game. You know, and, and speaking of this Bucks defense, too, I, I think they are kind of getting hot at the right time. Would have liked to see four full quarters in that final game of the season against Atlanta. One, so you can come away with a win, and two, just to see what they're doing. But I can understand the mindset of keeping these guys healthy. But one yeah, of the ask, things... Ask um, ask Brandon Staley how that worked out yeah. playing the starters the whole time. Yeah, no kidding. I, I mean, <laughs> honest to God, when you look at this Bucks team and the Bucks defense in particular... As we recap the regular season, a talking point that we always circled back to was the lack of takeaways. You know, starting off in the season, the games against Dallas, the games, I had two interceptions against Dallas to open things up week one, and then you basically beat the New Orleans Saints week two with uh, three big interceptions big in that game, yeah. one of them being the pick six, and, and, and that was a hot start for they, the defense. They had, and then, they, they had an interception every game weeks one to four, and then after that just went completely cold. Right. A little bit of a dry spell, but I'll tell you, they have made a habit of taking the football yes. away these final few weeks of the season. And I, I think that's going to go a long way because a lot of guys are stepping up. And, um, you know, we talked about him before. I'll say his name again. But Anthony Nelson, I, I he's obviously not known for his interceptions. Don't get me wrong. But, I mean, a strip sack even in this game is going to go a long way. And he's Which pretty he damn has, good at he those. Is, he has two, yeah. two in the last three games. So, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's a guy who I think really stepped up. And I think... When Shaq Barrett went down a week eight, uh, I, I think a lot of these guys had to sort of get into roles, right? They had to learn new roles because with Shaq Barrett, he's like he's their top pass rusher. So there's going to be some change there. And I think now you're, you're seeing them, guys like Anthony Nelson, guys like Joe Trinashwinka, they're settling into their roles. And I think it's really helped. So, you know, specifically a guy like Nelson, um, who you know is a free agent at the end of the year, so he's he's playing for some money right now. So uh, he's playing motivated football, and I think it's really really helping out. So uh, hopefully, it does sound like you know Carl Nassib should be able to be back for this game. So he he missed the Atlanta game, I believe he missed the Carolina game as well. So um, should give him a boost there, and hopefully JTS and and Nelson can keep providing um, a, a solid pass rush. Nelson also had a sack against Dallas Week One, so hopefully he he can. Uh, continue that trend Anthony Nelson kind of finally having the year that we've all wanted him to have you remember he, he last he's pretty good too though he's, I mean he, he was he was pretty underrated last year but you remember when the Bucks you know got rid of Carl Nassib and they held on to Anthony Nelson and we all said that he was kind of drafted to be the eventual replacement for a rotational guy like Carl Nassib similar measurables 
similar skill set. I mean, you know, high motor guy. Everybody kind of says that about him, but he is really coming into his own. So basically, and, uh, every white defensive end. Sure. Yeah. High, yeah. High, motor. High, mo- high motor. High motor. High motor guy. Just... Yeah. <laughs> Gonna give you an all. Um, but that's what the that's what the Bucks drafted Max, him to be. You know, not 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 the best athlete, but it's gonna, he's going to give you right. his all. Sneak, just... Sneaky athletic. <laughs> yeah. Sneak, that's that's the one that they love to use there. Um, but I think he's finally starting to become the player the Bucks drafted him to be. And a lot of people, I, I think Anthony Nelson can speak to the example of this. Um, you know, drafting defensive end, edge rushers, outside linebackers in this scheme in particular. It takes those guys a little bit longer than the average, you know, middle linebacker like Devin White to really get going and you really start to feel the effects of those guys. So honestly, you know, we we talked a lot about Anthony Nelson. People have been singing his praises, but I don't know if next year's the year. And I know we're kind of I know we're kind of projecting here, but um, you know, it kind of it kind of brings to mind what's gonna happen with Joe Tryon Shoyinka, because this is your number two. If he can complete tackles, he has like ten and a half seconds. But I feel like people are so impatient with him. And I know it's been two seasons, only one of them he's been a starter. But it's like these these defensive ends, like they just they take time, man. But he's been good. That's the thing, though. Like it's not like depends on who it depends on who. Yeah, some people he's, think he sucks. If if he can if he could learn to tackle the quarterback, he would have double digit sacks right now. Like he just he would. So like all he needs to do is, is learn that. And I like projection wise, like I don't think he's a consistently year in and year out double digit sack guy. Like I think he's a guy who can consistently get you eight to ten a year play some decent run defense um, and just be a pretty good athlete on, on the edge there. But um, yeah, I mean, he's, you know, he, he's good and you're, you're seeing it with Nelson and Anthony Nelson and Carl Nassim are both free agents at the end of this year. Jack Barrett's coming off a major injury. So, you know, I don't know if they're going to bring Nelson and Nassim back. Like you may be seeing more new pieces to that puzzle and Joe Trinshwinka, I think they're going to be counting him to step up and obviously that's for next year, but for Monday, like, yeah, I think how those two play is really going to dictate how this game goes because to me, if you can give Dak Prescott all the time in the world, he's not just going to naturally make those mistakes. You have to force him to make those mistakes and teams have been doing a good job of that. And I think the Bucks have to do an even better job on Monday night. Yeah. I think another reason uh, teams have been doing a pretty good job of getting the ball away from Dak Prescott is that unfortunately for Dallas, their run game just has not been there. You know, I know Tony Pollard has kind of stepped up and been that guy this season, but Zeke isn't doing anything. And uh, Pollard has been inconsistent. Like I know that they're trying to conserve these guys for the postseason, but I think that's another X factor in this game. Obviously, Dak Prescott turnover is going to be one. Winning the turnover battle is going to be uh, number one on our weekly checklist, if you will. But I think another big thing for this Bucks defense is making sure they contain the rush attack. Because if you cannot stop Tony Pollard, he's exactly the archetype of running back that has put up 150 and 200 rushing yards on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And that, that can get this thing out of hand quick, especially when Dallas has the confidence to trust in their run game and not have to rely on Dak the entire thing. Apologies, amateur move. Um, he's not only a, uh, a, a Pollard's not only a guy who can hurt you on the ground, but he also hurts you through the air. Zeke is more the ground guy. You know, he can, he's not really going to get much through the air, but Pollard, like they line him out of receiver sometimes. And like, he's another guy who he's a free agent. Like he's playing for some money. He is 
earned himself some money. So you best believe he's going to be wanting to you know, earn even more. So, yeah, I do think a team like Dallas is going to rely on those guys, especially when you have a quarterback that has struggled with turnovers. What's one way to mitigate turnovers? Run the ball effectively. So um, I think they're going to look to do that. And Tampa's run defense has been much better than it was the first you know few weeks of the season. Uh, we were heavily criticizing it the first few weeks, the uh, first probably – six or seven weeks of the season, really. Um, I mean, even you can go back to the Baltimore. I think it changed after that Rams game pretty much because the Baltimore game, they got run all over. It's just, it was bad. Um, and their run defense has tightened up, and I think it's going to need to to tighten up here again. So a big part of that is Vita Vea. Sounds like he's going to play. Um, I, I don't I don't really think there's much doubt that he's going to play. Um, obviously, I think he's listed as questionable, but he was limited participation all week. He didn't miss any practice, so um, that uh, he's on track to play. So I, I think that's obviously going to be a big boost for them. And um, but yeah, a guy like Pollard, who if he's not kept in check, yeah, he can he can ruin your day in a hurry. Just to make sure we cover all the bases, I want to talk about this Buccaneers secondary as well. Some of the guys who've been stepping up, Jamel Dean, probably his best career season. This year, hands down, he has been heavily relied another, upon. Another pending free agent. This is the right. show of pending yeah. free agents. Yeah, we're, we're going to cover the bases and talk about all the guys who were playing for contracts. But <laughs> Jamel Dean obviously expected to step up this week. Dallas has got a good batch of receivers. C.D. Lamb obviously leading the way. So it's going to be between Jamel Dean and Carlton Davis to shadow him for most of the contest. But, you know, I, I haven't really entirely gotten your thoughts on this guy in particular, but I think he really has stepped up. This second half of the season, he did a good job of shadowing DeAndre Hopkins in Arizona on Christmas and then uh, did a really good job in that Carolina game as well, even deflecting a touchdown at one point. That is Sean Murphy bunting. What do you make of the secondary coming around to uh, close out the regular season? Well, he ended up he Murphy Bundy got a pick against mm -hmm. Carolina as well. So big, uh, big, uh, big moment in that game. Um He's played well, another pending free agent. Um, so we're talking, you know, two guys here who are who are obviously, like I said, motivated to play. And Murphy Bunding, who has had his fair share of criticism over the past four years, um, was a really good player his rookie year, then sort of tailed off uh, in 2020. But it was good in the playoffs in 2020. Uh, 2021 got injured against Dallas week one, missed a good portion of the season last year, came back, wasn't the greatest, and was decent this year. Wasn't playing a ton to start the year. I remember uh, the last interception that the Bucks had for a while was Sean Murray Bunting against Kansas City. Uh, and it was the fourth quarter because I remember you were telling the story of, like, you're just sitting there and, like, the Bucks had pulled a lot of their guys and Murray Bunting's just playing. So, um, yeah, but, I mean, SMB's been playing good. Um, he's he's making it a tougher decision on them on, on who they're gonna you know just, I think it's gonna be tough to keep both Dean and Sean Murphy Bunting uh, just the the reality of it so I think you're gonna have to let one of them go and I think Murphy Bunting would be the cheaper of the two so we'll see how that plays out but yeah I think he's he could be an X factor to this entire playoff run he was really good in 2020 and it really helped the defense so I, I think a guy like Murphy Bunting, I trust Davis and Dean enough, but I think that third corner spot where a guy like Murphy Bunting, and uh, when you're going up against a Dallas who has CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup and Noah Brown and, you know, a lot of these guys, um, and T.Y. Hilton's even emerged a little bit for them late. So uh, I do think that 
Uh, also, it appears Buffalo is going to defeat Miami. So, um, 34-31. Much closer than I am expected. Yeah. And my parlay, what a heartbreaker. My, my parlay missed by one by one thing. I had the Bills minus 13 and a half. So. Damn. Uh, yeah, yeah. Damn. Oh, well. damn it is what damn. it is. What a line, I, too, right? 13 yeah, and a half. I, well, I, I hit San Francisco minus nine and a half last night. So, so. yeah. I had um my buddy my buddy had gone uh, he picked the Jaguars last night and he was stoked he wasn't even watching the game like once yeah. we were watching it and they were down uh twenty I think it was twenty what twenty four nothing at some point he he walked out he was like well well guess I'm not gonna win that and then they <laughs> come back they yeah. hit the over yeah. I mean he I was really, he yeah. was on top of the world um, man yeah so you know like I said back to back to Murray bunting and everything I think it's important you know for him to play well because it just it just creates so much more things you can do with the secondary, whether it's moving guys around, guys like Antoine Winfield, moving him in the nickel. You know, I, I think Antoine Winfield can play the nickel, but I like him roaming around, you know, being in all different places. I agree. Places. I agree. Antoine Winfield can't do that if Sean Murphy Bunting's struggling in the nickel spot because I, then you need to put him down in nickel. So I think it helps the entire defense if Murphy Bunting's able to, to play well. And as far as evaluating Winfield Jr. this season, I think some of his rougher moments have been when he's playing from the nickel. You know what I mean? Just what he's asked to do. Um, You know, he's a versatile player, but again, you kind of like him roaming around back there, being used as a a Swiss army knife, if you will, Uh, getting after the quarterback, which I think is what he's going to be doing a lot of tomorrow. We know that Todd Bowles blitz isn't going anywhere. It really just comes down to whoever he decides to send up the gut at the quarterback, but uh, we'll wait and see. Obviously, Winfield Jr. having a couple of impactful sacks during his time in Tampa Bay. But yeah, this secondary, when when you can trust those guys, and I think that's what you, the feeling you get when they're healthy. Carlton Davis has been playing like a number one corner should. Jamel Dean playing as good of a number two corner as you can ask him. And uh, Sean Murphy Bunting, although inconsistent, has really come around at the right time. And it just, it eliminates, you know, it eliminates that one question mark that you have in your top three corners. Like when we saw Zion McCollum fill in, you know, unfortunately for him, teams knew he was on the field and they knew where to find him because he was kind of never where he was supposed to be. And it it led to some big holes left open by this defense. And when you've got competent players out there who are healthy and ready to go, it just it makes all the difference in the world. So let's talk about the other side of the football for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's about time we talk about the offense in this show. We mentioned briefly at the start. The uh, the conundrum at the offensive line, specifically at the center position. But uh, let's go over the tail of the tape here and basically go down the line and figure out who's going to be where. Donovan Smith expected to start at left tackle for this one. Nick Leverett up in the air probably. at probably. that left. Uh, probably? Probably not. Yeah. Kind of up in the air, but uh, not really sure what the move is going to be at that left guard spot. Robert? Let's just, let's just assume it's Luke Gedeke. Okay, so maybe Luke Gedeke to uh, to the uncomfortable surprise to many Bucks fans will make his way back into this game. I know people aren't going to be very happy to see number sixty seven trot out there, uh, but expect him at left guard. So Robert Hainsey up in the air, Nick Leverett doubtful. I mean, really, what are your options for center aside from Hainsey and uh, Brian Jensen, of course, coming back? I mean, if if Hainsey can't go, it really gets messy. Um, if, if I, I think Hainsey's going to go, uh, just to, just to be clear, um, I think he's going to play. But if he can't, boy, I, I, if, if he can't and Jensen's not back, I'm not sure what you do because I, I'm not sure. I mean, 
Yeah, it, it's tough. I, I don't know if Luke Gedeke has any experience at center. I don't believe he does. Uh, but, I mean, that's a tough assignment asking your your rookie guard who struggled all year at guard to play center um, in a playoff game. So, yeah, you don't want to do that. I feel like that's that's the last resort. So, I think Hainsey's going to play, though. But if they don't, I, I don't even know what backup plan would be. Obviously, if Jensen plays, that changes it because, um, you know, Hainsey being, you know, Hainsey can either, if he plays, Hainsey can be guard or Jensen can be center. Um you know, or they just have Jensen at center and, and get a key left guard. So, uh, yeah, if, if both those guys are out, I don't know what to do. So I, I honestly, I can't give you a clear answer on that one just because um, I know they got versatility, but, and I would say Leverett would probably be the guy playing center, but if Leverett's out, like that's, that, that that's a big, uh, that's a big miss there. Just so, a quick update. The Vikings appear to be going up 7 nothing, and that is more prevalent to the Buccaneers mm-hmm. because if the Vikings win, that means that the Bucs, if they win, will travel to Philly. If the Giants win, that means that the Bucs, if they win, will travel to San Francisco. So uh, not ideal either way. I was really hoping on Seattle yesterday <laughs> to kind of finish that game out, what, 17-16 going into the half, and then San Fran just turned it on and left them in the dust. So, yeah. San Fran's ridiculously i mean they really are a monster this time of year so it's going to be a tough opponent for the bucks either way if they come out victorious here but some names that we saw in a week 18 of the season that final game of the season against atlanta justin skewell was in at left tackle for tampa bay i think that was his debut in general i don't even remember his name showing up in the preseason he's, he's been he know he's he was signed on to the practice squad about midseason. okay brandon walton Filled in at left guard for so I mean if Luke Gedeke doesn't get the nod yeah. maybe Brandon Walton another uh, another guy that they could toss in there John Mulkin always been there he filled in at right guard for the Buccaneers in Week 18 he's been on the roster for uh, a little bit of time they had Luke Gedeke playing right tackle Tristan Wirfs is obviously expected to go for this one so we should yeah, yeah. have to Gedeke has done that they just yeah. that was cautious for yeah for right sense, right so. I mean it's pretty funny too because we talk about that Week 18 game and just the I mean the the I don't even know what to call it. The replacement offensive line that they had Tom Brady out there playing behind was a little risky uh, towards the end of that game, but obviously nothing bad came of that. So just going over some potential options, making sure you guys are aware of every possible replacement. The Buccaneers could, could, uh, you know, try and fit into this offensive line here, given the worst case scenario. But me personally, I'm still holding out hope that, uh, you know, we see Big Red back in action. It, it Listen, you're not alone. I know high that. aspirations, <laughs> high, high, high aspirations. And uh, it would be incredible to see Ryan Jensen out there. But uh, another thing people have to remember, you alluded to it earlier. It's going to take him a little bit of time to get in football shape. Yeah, like, you know, I mean, it's, even, it's, it's even not like is, even if he is out there, like, are we seriously going to be expecting top five center Ryan Jensen? Like, I, I, I don't I, know if you can. I hate to say it. I hate to say it, but I, I do agree. It's um I think they're better. You know, temper like, that, it, you know, like they're better, but like yeah. I don't know. Well temper your expectations with Ryan Jensen because even if, if he does if Ryan, get, if, if if Ryan he does, Jensen plays, the offense isn't gonna suddenly turn into twenty twenty one. Like it's not right. But if he does play, or I'm sorry, if he does get activated, also don't be surprised to see him listed as your second string guard or your second string center. Um, he has experience playing guard and, and let's talk about that really quickly. Just the possibility of him getting activated and being ready to go for this game. Do the bucks look better on the offensive line with Ryan Jensen at center, or do you keep it consistent with Robert Hainsey at center 
and fill in Jensen at left guard, where one, you got a little bit more experience and a little more capability because he's filled in at left guard before for Tampa Bay. Yeah, I think that's a big question if Jensen can go. I think if Jensen, if you know Jensen's going and you know Hainsey's going, I think that's your big question. Can, can you know, Hainsey at center, Hainsey's been serviceable. You know your weakness is going to be left guard either way. So do you sort of try and fill that hole there? Um, and I would say, yeah, like, why not? You know, um, I, you know, I, I if Hainsey feels comfortable enough to go, like, sure, why not? So we'll see what they do. So going back to week one of the 2022 NFL season, it's crazy because I feel like we were just there, right? I feel like we were just talking about how excited we were that football is back, and here we are, uh, balls deep in playoff weekend. <laughs> but um, yeah, I know. I know. Uh, so one of the things that helped Tampa Bay, you know, really get past Dallas the way that they did week one, it wasn't the air attack, as we can see by the final score. It was playoff Lenny. It was week one Lenny. You know, putting up over 100-plus yards rushing. And um, now that they have Rashad White in the reserves, it'll be curious to see this run game. But I think that's also going to be another big difference maker for Tampa Bay. And if I'm honest with you, that's going to be the third thing on my weekly checklist this week is um, you got to commit to the run. And and honestly, this is a Bucks run game that we've been a broken record all year because they are the worst rushing attack in NFL history. Like, the worst I don't think anyone has ever been worse. I, I don't know what the final season stats are, but uh, Leonard Fournette was the only running back to get a thousand plus scrimmage yards, and that's because he was catching the ball like hell. Um, I think that's going to be the difference. You know, they ran all over Dallas week one. They they did, and that was why they came away from that game victorious. I mean, a couple of turnovers, Dak Prescott playing hurt, and then having to leave the game the way that he did really helped them, but. Honestly, most of their production on offense was because of Leonard Fournette having a huge game, and uh, he's been fighting injury. So we'll see if playoff Lenny shows up. But would you agree that that's something they really got to try and hone in on this week? Because I just don't think they're going to go out there, throw the ball 50 times, and, and come out victorious. I mean, I could be wrong, but I just don't think they're going to be able to do that. This offense hasn't been able to do it all year. Here's the tough thing. Um Dallas, when you look at their defense, the one of their weaknesses is the the run defense. It, it hasn't been as good as the pass defense. However, their corners are kind of banged up right now. Like their weakness positionally is at corner, so it's tough to decide whether you know you want to test it. You know, he's he's still got Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Russell Gage. Like, what do you want to test that and, and see if those corners are playing good? Because if you can abuse those corners all night, then your game plan might change a little bit. Um, I do think they're going to try to run the ball a little bit more. I think they realize in the playoffs you sort of have to do that a little bit more. Now, that being said, your recipe for success is still to throw the ball more. Like it just it just is. It's yeah, yeah. The Bucs are the, the Bucs are not a running football team. And I, I I didn't really want anyone to get that from what I was saying because I said it plenty of times. This run game is awful. Like <laughs> like literally the worst in league history. Yeah, so you know, we'll we'll see. I do think they're gonna try and run it a little bit. Now, the big difference, like you mentioned a little bit, was the big difference of week one is now Rashad White has an even bigger role in the offense. Uh, week one, it was his first game, didn't have as big of a role. Now he has a bigger role in the offense. So I'm curious to see how they use him in this matchup because he's a guy who um, can do a little bit of both. I think as we're starting to see here, my like evaluation of him is he's 
definitely like a, a third down back. Um, he, I don't think he offers you as much in between the tackles as he does in the passing game. So I'd be curious to see how they're going to manage him uh, in terms of his usage because that's a difference from, from week one as well as a guy like Kate Otten too, another rookie. Um, but um, yeah, I, I, I think they're going to try to establish it, but I also like – you got to put that ball in the hands of Tom Brady, like especially in playoff time, like you got to. So I, I do think they're going to try and see how it works. But I think if it doesn't work early, you got to abandon it quick. Seeing some people in the live chat talking about it. Edwin Hernandez, Emily Kampa, a big thing for Tampa Bay is to make sure they come out ready to play. And uh, they've been able to do that these final few weeks of the season, obviously stacking some wins up until the Atlanta game. And that's because their starters were pulled. But we talked, we talked a lot about that first drive of the game in Atlanta against Atlanta. Like, they marched right down the field and immediately put the pressure on the other team. And uh, in the postseason, you're definitely going to want to see a lot more of that. You better believe this team should, at least, if they have the opportunity to get the ball first following the coin toss, I mean, they're going to have to just go down there and score. I feel like that's really the only way you can... Touchdown. Score yeah, score a touchdown. Goals. Yeah, because that's what the, they did. That fine versus Dallas. They moved the ball in week one. Fine versus Dallas. There was no trouble moving the ball. They just couldn't score touchdowns. They settled for so many field goals. So I think that's a huge key in this one. If you can score touchdowns, it puts more pressure on Dallas. It forces Dak to throw the ball more, which you know if he's lead to turnovers. Um, you know, and we'll have to wait and see how they play it. But it's just a red zone offense is going to be a pretty big key in this one. I think. It's always funny when we talk about this Bucks team saying, yeah, they could have won so many more games if they scored more touchdowns. And everybody's like, all right, Booger McFarlane, you know, thanks yeah, for the... Like, uh, if they scored more points, yeah, they might have won more. Basically, basically, the team that scores the most touchdowns uh, Monday night is is going to win. Um, but let me get your well, expectation. Well, maybe not. Maybe not. Doesn't, if, it doesn't always if, work that way. Yeah, what if the you score a touchdown, but the other team just kicks three field goals, wins 9-7? You scored right. more touchdowns than them, but... You know, I, the team that scores more points, whoever has the most points is going to win. I think, I think, I think they're going to win the game. I, I like really, it. I, I like it. Feeling about that. Honoring the late, great John Madden. Much appreciated. Pay our respects. Uh, let me get your expectations for the rest of this Buccaneers offense. You know, Tom Brady, how do you think he's going to play? How do you think realistically Byron Leftwich is going to pull this game plan together and uh, trot it out on the field at home against the Cowboys? Well, you know, you could be seeing a guy who's kind of coaching for his job at this point. Um, you know, you could. That, that almost feels like an understatement. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I think even if, uh, wow, Saquon Barkley with a pretty big run to tie it up. Um, I think even if uh, they win, I still don't know if his job's safe. But, I mean, if they lose, uh, you have to think. Yeah, there's a lot of heat on him. That, that, that's all I'll say. Um, so you have to think that there's a pretty good chance that he's probably not back. Which, real quick, just a quick note. I know this has nothing to do with the game, um, but Rick Stroud posted something about Bill O'Brien and stuff. Uh, how last year, l last year the Bucks were going to make Bill O'Brien their their offensive coordinator if Byron Leftwich got the, the Jacksonville head coach job. And I saw a lot of people say, like, "Oh my God, oh my God!" Right? I don't understand why because if, if Bill he was O'Brien's a good coordinator, that's why he got so, the that's why he got the job. If Bill O'Brien's the offensive coordinator, guess who the quarterback is. Like the the quarterback's Tom Brady, so like, I I don't know why. Like, okay, like, yeah. So just like a quick side note. Like, I saw a lot of people like, oh, this guy sucks. Like, 
if he's the offensive coordinator, it's I would say ninety five percent chance that means the quarterback's Tom Brady. So, um, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens with that. But as far as the game plan for this this Monday goes, um, I think you have to stick with what's worked. You know, the no huddle. Obviously, you can't do no huddle the entire game. But like the no sure huddle, they can. Uh, sure, come yeah, on. Just run, just run like the Chip Kelly just. You know, 2013 Eagles out there, you know. That was um, a fun team to watch. You can't deny Fun team. Fun team, but it lasted one season, and then they got figured out. <laughs> um, doesn't work when your offense goes three and out in 15 seconds and your defense is going right back on the field. Uh, but so, yeah, I mean, the no huddle, the 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 quick passing. Uh, you know, I mean, Brady has to trust the O-line, which if they're in flux, maybe he doesn't. That that might hurt. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. I, I do think that, uh, you know, I got Byron Leftwich could be coaching for his job, and I, I do hope that um, you see a concerted effort to to get the playmakers the ball, right? Get Chris Godwin, get Mike Evans involved. Um, you know, get yourself into third and shorts. You know, if you even get the third down, you know, pass on first down, which, you know, we talk about. They do that more than people think, but, uh, you know, put yourself in positions to keep the chains moving. Uh, the, the explosive plays haven't been there. I don't think they're going to suddenly show up now. Like, the explosive plays were there for one game, basically one half with Carolina. I, I mean, listen. I, I don't think they're going to show up now. So I, I think you got to work with what you got, and I think you got to make, make it work. I don't think they're going to show up in abundance. I don't think they're going to show up like they did in Carolina. I don't think Mike Evans is going to go off for 200-plus yards and three touchdowns. But I do think they're going to have windows. You know, let's face it. The reality is the Bucks are coming into this game healthy. Chris Godwin, healthy. Mike Evans, feeling mostly healthy. Uh, Russell Gage going to be ready to go, which is healthier than I thought he was going to be after his touchdown in Atlanta, which is obviously good news. But if you're facing busted-up corners, I mean, Mike Evans, even though he's pushing 30 years old, he's still tough to cover. We saw it. We saw it against Carolina, right? They put a rookie corner out there one on one with Mike Evans. Are you shitting me? Like any window like that, a guy like Big Mike is going to be rubbing his palms, licking his chops, ready to go and make that play. And I think he's going to have some windows against the busted up Dallas secondary. I'm not making any bold predictions, but while I agree with what you're saying, you know, I don't think they're going to get 450 total yards of offense again. But I think the windows will be there, and it's going to be up to the team to execute well enough to take advantage of uh, every situation that they are in just like that. But one more thing I wanted to talk about here, and before we get to final scores, I don't want to look ahead, but we are going to kind of look ahead really quick. Obviously, don't discount this Dallas team. It's going to be a close game. I, I don't think the Bucks are going to come out of this winners you know, by more than two possessions. Um, it would not. It would not shock me either way. Like the Bucks it really would. Very I, I well mean, lose this game. I, I like know Cowboys, a lot of the Cowboys are twelve and five. Like, I, <laughs> I know a lot of people want to discredit Dallas and say that they're not as good of a team as we're making them out to be. And by no means did we come in here and say that Dallas is going to roll over Tampa Bay because that's not how it's going to work. But it's always a close game when these teams play, and it's not like we're talking about a Dallas game from four or five years ago where it was none of the players on the same roster. It's pretty much been the same Bucks team two years in a row that has played most of the same Dallas team two years in a row. You know, like 2021, we even go back, and the only pieces you're missing are Rob Gronkowski and Antonio Brown. Aside from that, Ryan Suckup can who, still go who out combined, there. Who combined for three touchdowns in that. Right. Yeah. You, you know, that was a big difference maker. We <laughs> talked about the difference in offense all the way back in week one. But, 
You still got Leonard Fournette on this team. You still got Mike Evans on this team, who obviously scored against Dallas way back in week one. Russell Gage is feeling better. Chris Godwin had some production week one as well. So expect him to be heavily involved in the game plan. He's been playing great. It's just competitive. It is playoff football. These games are going to come down to the wire. In the regular season, these games come down to the wire. It's just, it's just how it's going to be, man. Um, but, but let me say this. All right. If you are Tampa Bay and you come out victorious, we only have a couple more hours until we find out who it's going to be, obviously. So for the sake of hypothetical, we're going to talk about it on the live show really quickly. The Vikings playing the Giants right now. If the Giants come out victorious, which if I'm live betting, I think they do. I think the Vikings are frauds. Um, so if the Giants come out victorious, the Buccaneers get Brock Purdy in San Francisco. First time didn't go so well. Yeah, first time wasn't great. Uh, if the Buccaneers, or I'm sorry, if the Vikings end up winning this game, then the Bucs are going to travel, and they will get Jalen Hurts and the one-seed Philadelphia Eagles. Now, the, the matchup is obviously very astonishing between the two because I think Philly is the better matchup for Tampa Bay. I know they've been good. I know Jalen Hurts has been balling out. He's been fighting injury, but he's been playing well enough to be in the conversation for MVP before he got hurt at the end of the year. But who would you rather play? You know, you've already seen Brock Purdy chew this Bucks team up and spin him back out. But that inexperience factor in the playoffs, you know, I, I really thought that game against Seattle. He didn't play well. He didn't play well in the first half. He tightened it up in the – I thought he tightened it up in the second half. I didn't watch the whole game, but I thought the problem with Purdy in that first first half against Seattle was – he was basically playing with his nuts out. Like he was, he was just making throws that he should had no business out there trying to make. And the reason he's been so good in this Niners offense is because they're not asking him to make throws. Like he was trying to make, you know what I mean? Like the, the conservative stuff, the check down, the high percentage looks like that's how you beat the bucks with a rookie quarterback. And uh, at the other end of the table, you got Philly. So I'm asking you, Evan, if you were Tampa Bay and you come out of this Cowboys game victorious, you know, who do you want to see next? I know, realistically, they don't really care. But from this perspective, you know, who do you want to see next? The Niners to get your revenge? Or do you want to go ahead and knock Philly out of the playoffs again like they did last year? It's tough because obviously you're going on a road for both. Um, man, yeah, that, that that's tough. I, I, think, I think Philly is better than San Francisco. But in terms of matchups with Tampa, I think Tampa matches up better with Philly. Yeah, just in terms of scheme and everything, um, I like I said, I think Philly is better than San Francisco. But I think in terms of matchups, and that's not I'm not saying Tampa is better than Philly. I just think that Tampa matches up better with Philly than they do San Francisco. So I think if given the option, I think I would only want to play San Francisco if it's in the NFC championship game. So I would probably have to say Philly, even though either one is very difficult when you're going into Philadelphia um, to, to play a game. Um, yeah. That, that plays the, you know, I know it firsthand they, they feed, they, they feed off the energy there, and it's a tough place to play. And the Bucks know it, obviously. Well, these Bucks don't really know it, but the two that's the early 2000s Bucks, they know mm -hmm. uh, they, they know how difficult it is to play there. So, um, I would say Philly, but it is close. But I do think just matchup wise, especially with Hertz's shoulder, maybe not 100%. Lane Johnson definitely won't be 100%, even though he's going to play. I do think Philly, um, even though you know. 
Brock Purdy being a rookie quarterback and stuff, that does seem appealing, but I just don't think – I don't want to see the 49ers defense again. Like, that's yeah. just, you know, to me uh, – and, you know, if you if you play Philly and you beat Philly, I would say there's a 90% chance you're playing San Francisco anyway because yeah. don't see a way that Minnesota can beat San Francisco. But, um, you know, I, I, we'll have to wait and see. But, uh, you know, hopefully – yeah. Before, before that happens, this call will be moot. You know, they, they, they got to go out and, and win a football game tomorrow. Yeah, let, so. let's not forget about the Dallas Cowboys, obviously. Another contender in that NFC East division. 12-5 and five in the regular season. Dak Prescott leads the league in interceptions. Can he make a few mistakes on Monday night in Tampa Bay? Hopefully he can, and the Buccaneers can capitalize. Let's uh, let's do some final scores and uh, get the hell out of here. What do you think, Evan? Think it's low scoring? You think we're going to see some points from both of these teams? I mean, at the end of the day, it seems like a game that really could go either way. It's going to be close. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's going to be high scoring, but I also don't think like I think both teams go over twenty. Um, so the last time neither team went, it was 19 to three. Uh, so neither team went over 20. So I think both teams go over 20 this time. I, I'm going to say Cowboys, Cowboys 23, Bucks 26. I, I, I think the Bucks edge them out. Um, I just think Tom Brady's experience is like you said, I think Dak Prescott makes a mistake. Tom Brady doesn't. And I think that's the difference. I agree. You know, I, I was talking to a buddy of mine last night and we, we started talking about Tom Brady and his performance in the postseason. And by no means do I want to sit here and discredit the goat, the man that brought Tampa Bay, their second Lombardi trophy. But if history has shown us anything specifically these last two years, is that is that Tom is not exactly above throwing an interception in a playoff game? I mean, three yeah. picks, three picks against uh, you know three Green picks Bay in the NFC title game. Yeah, yeah, you know, I, I mean, I'm I'm not saying that he doesn't play his best ball in the postseason, but um, you know, I think it's really going to depend on what kind of Tom shows up ready to play. I think it is a home playoff game, and I think Tom Brady himself knows the weight of the situation. You know, yeah, you know, this could be his last. There's, there's no other quarterback you want in this situation. Than right. Tom Brady. Right. It, it, I agree. But I, I think for Tom, you know, a lot of things on his mind, obviously winning this game is going to be priority number one, but this could be his last game as a buck. Could be could his be last, last game. game in the NFL. It, right. <laughs> I, I mean, he's probably thinking about all the same things that he was immediately after the Rams game last year. And uh, if you've listened to his Let's Go podcast, he actually said that he made a mistake last season or he alluded to it. Um, he had Steve Young on and they were talking about retirement and finishing the game. And, uh, Tom had said that he made the decision pretty much right after the game. And that was a mistake because, you know, a couple days later he announces his retirement and then 40 days later he's back. Which, which also, um, win or lose, uh, just want to get this. Brady was extremely upset last year that his retirement leaked before the Super Bowl. That's not going to happen again. So you will not. I doubt you'll find out whether he is retiring or not until after the Super Bowl this year. Yeah. No, whether the Bucks are playing in it or not. Agreed. Um, some final score predictions here in the chat: Edwin Hernandez twenty-seven fourteen Bucks. Emily Compa Bucks thirty-five twenty-one. Russ just scored to take a fourteen to seven lead. Oh, looky there! Momentum shifting in that Giants Vikings matchup. 
Russ Week says Bucks win 31-24. And of course, Mr. Bucks Nation chiming in at the last possible second with a $2 super chat says, don't worry, I'm here. So late uh, as always. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I think the Bucks win this one. Surprise, surprise. Um, 31-28. I think it is a tie game, and I think a Ryan suck-up field goal is the difference at the end of this one, just like it was week one of the 2021 season. I think we get fireworks in Tampa Bay, and they move on to the divisional round. I will be in attendance for this one. It is my first ever playoff game. You know, I was really on the fence, too. I was very, very back and forth, very wish-washy about if I even wanted to go. Because yeah, we were talking before, and you didn't know. Well, it's like... So is it's, this confirmation? It's, you know, the, yeah, I, I think okay, this, so is, this, I is, think this so, is me so putting, folks, my, putting my so fist folks, down. We will not have a game <laughs> review show. Win, lose, or draw. We, well, there is no draw, but win or lose. Uh, no game review show Monday night. That'll be Tuesday. Um, so don't, don't expect a interview show from us Monday night, unless you're into like 4am live streams. In that case, Rhett can be on his yeah. way to work and we can do it. <laughs> right. right. I basically do a live stream in the middle, uh, in the middle of the night and then turn around and get ready to go to work early in the morning. Um, yeah. So, so probably no game recap stream on Monday night. If you folks were expecting that, I know it is potentially the final game of the season, but I'm taking my mom. And uh, I just want to be there, man. Like, I, I want to be a part of the crowd. I want to see what that playoff atmosphere is like. Potentially Brady's last game. I mean, know. I want I want every chance I can to see the yeah. goat in a Buccaneer uniform before he decides to hang it up. Could we see more of it in 2023? We have to wait and see, obviously. But, um, you know, the chances are not – you're potentially running out of chances to see Tom Brady in a Bucs uniform. And uh, I'd love to see a win, especially in the post. And, and, oh, and even if even if they win, we just talked about it. This could be his last in Tampa, like yeah. his last. You know, whether he plays somewhere else or whether he retires, you know, unless the Giants make it to the NFC title game, like the Bucks are not getting another home playoff game this year. So this could be it. This could be it. Um, yeah, thirty-one twenty-eight. My final score. With that being said, everyone here is in agreement. The Bucks are going to win this game, and they are going to advance to the NFL divisional that's, round. That's never backfired, by the way. Yeah, I know. Never in show <laughs> history has everybody picking them to win. <laughs> oh man, you know we were joking about it before the show too. I think I think mm, mm, I'm too I'm too superstitious to get into this now, but I've already opened the can. Um, whenever we pick the Bucks to lose. Both of us. I'm pretty sure every single time they have gone on to win that game. All right. Dallas is going to win this game. (laughs) All right. Dak Prescott's not going to throw an interception because he's going to (laughs) be taken out in the third quarter because of how big the the lead is. Uh oh. Uh oh. (laughs) All right. Let's wrap this thing up. Ladies and gentlemen, clip that, and that's all they're going to hear. Yeah, I know. No faith. Yep. Ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for uh, today's episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us live on YouTube. I know there wasn't a lot of notice with this show. Just kind of had some scheduling stuff we were dealing with. Then obviously waiting to hear the outcome of Ryan Jensen and his game status for Monday Night Football. But thanks to everybody in chat. Emily Kampa, Edwin Hernandez, Russ Weeks, Mr. Box Nation with the $2 Super Chat. The Crypt Keeper as well. Tyler Belcher and anyone else that I may have missed. We truly appreciate you guys for checking us out and hanging out, of course. Subscribe to the channel for more great Tampa Bay Buccaneers content, and uh, leave a thumbs up. All of that goes a long way. Follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcasts, but it's best place to go for updates on the show, and of course, Buccaneer news as it happens. Speaking of Bucks news as it happens, you can follow my co-host Evan on Instagram 
at Bucks underscore daily, the number one Buccaneers fan page on Instagram. You can also find him on Twitter at EvanNFL and check out his written work at BucksNation.com. Last but not least, you can find myself, Instagram and Twitter at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S. If you follow me, I will follow you back. This is it, ladies and gentlemen. Playoffs are here. Win or go home. The Bucks play host to the Cowboys on Monday Night Football. Should be a great game. We will talk to you guys win or lose on Tuesday right here on YouTube and all of our podcast outlets. Thanks again for listening. I'm your host, Rhett Matthew. Signing off for my co-host, Evan Wanish. We'll talk to you in the next one. Until then, and as always, thank you for listening, and go Bucks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.